singing is so simple. The concept of just you open your mouth and you breathe and you let some noise out. It's very simple. We all know how to do it. We all come out when we're babies knowing how to make a really big sound. But then when we get older and we start listening to ourselves and feeling all that judgment from other people, we get right in our own way. So for me, the journey was more about undoing all of those things and allowing my natural voice to come out. Welcome to the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I'm serial entrepreneur and investor, Emmy Kirshner, and I'm known for sprinkling just a little bit of glitter throughout the streets of Philadelphia and on the stages that I speak while I help creative entrepreneurs stop struggling as the overworked admin in their business and become the CEO of their multi-six and seven-figure businesses. What has fascinated me over the years are the stories of success and failure that courageous entrepreneurs who have put it all on the line face as they change lives, disrupt industries, and become incredible leaders themselves. So if you're looking for a community of engaged entrepreneurs and you'd love to get some resources and tools that can help you fast track your business, I invite you to join the Tribe of Leaders Facebook group. The link is in the show notes if you want to connect with us. And of course, the group is free to join. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Tribe of Leaders. I am so blessed because I am sitting with Stephanie Ball, who is an opera singer and a high performance coach. And I had the pleasure just just over a year ago, Stephanie singing happy birthday to me um, when we were at an event. And I have to say, like, I had goosebumps and I think glitter because I was throwing glitter that day too, (laughs) but her voice is incredible. We're going to hear her story today. So with that, I'm just going to share that she has been invited to perform as a soloist in operas, oratorios, and on concert series alongside world-renowned composers across the country. She has also created concept programs that showcase the many contributions that Black Americans have made to classical music, which I think is so cool that you're doing that, particularly in this time. And she is known for singing super high and super fast that has a whole bunch of fancy words that I'm going to let Stephanie explain. (laughs) So with that, Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Super excited to chat with you today. Yes, yes, I am too. I've been looking forward to this all week. So <laughs> me too. Um, I'm really, I'm really happy. So share with everybody a little bit about your journey because singing opera, having taken, taken voice cl- um, lessons and like mechanically, I know how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's not easy and it's not something that, I mean, it's obviously well known, but not as popular as, I don't know, going to a rock concert, for instance, mm-hmm. going to see the Rolling Stones or, you know, whoever. So how did you begin your, your career in opera? It's, it's such a funny story because it's, you know, a lot of people think that I must have chosen opera to just, you know, go into this particular genre, but it chose me. It was the other way around. I came from a musical family. My mom sings and my dad is a drummer. And so there was always music in our house. I was definitely that child who started singing in the church choir when she was three years old. That was me. I was in orchestra, I took piano lessons, so I was just always around 
a lot of music. I loved pop music and I loved jazz and musical theater. So that mm -hmm. is the direction I thought I was going to go in, especially when I started being in, you know, the middle school plays and being on stage and getting a taste of that life. And I knew that classical vocal music existed, but I didn't really know that it was a possibility for me until I started taking voice lessons when I was a freshman in high school. And I had a very wise teacher who just heard me sing a couple of notes. And she said, mm, I know you want to be on MTV, but I think this is really what your voice is trying to do. And so she slid me some classical Italian arias and she gave me a CD of Barbara Hendricks, who is a famous black opera singer. That was it, I was hooked. I said, gosh, this is really beautiful stuff. And if she thinks I can do this, then she must be right. And that's it. So I trained as a classical singer all through high school, got a scholarship to go to college for vocal performance went on and got a master's degree in vocal performance and that's wow. just been the road that I followed. <laughs> Which is so incredible and I presume takes an enormous amount of discipline because the little bit that I know about singing is that like so many things can affect your voice and, and your performance from what you're eating and drinking to like the humidity level. So you know how does your day work so that you're in, in max performance all the time? Singing is so simple. The concept of just you open your mouth and you breathe and you let some noise out. It's very simple. We all know how to do it. We all come out when we're babies knowing how to make a really big sound. <laughs> it's like very natural. But then when we get older and we start listening to ourselves and feeling all that judgment from other people, we get right in our own way. So for me, the journey was more about undoing all of those things and allowing my natural voice to come out. And at the same time, there is this element of when you're singing opera, you have to like train like an Olympic athlete because we're making these huge, almost superhuman noises and filling up these big spaces and singing over orchestras of 80 instruments. So it's a lot of fine tuning your muscles and learning how to just let them do something very specific. And it's like 90% mental. Honestly, I didn't really understand how my voice worked until after I had graduated from graduate school, which is sort of crazy, but I have this amazing teacher who taught me the simplest way to do it in the most efficient way, which you know I love. And <laughs> that's why you and I get along. Yeah, yeah. Having done it the hard way for a yeah. really long time, I'm all about simple. Right, exactly. So now at this point, I can practice for five minutes, 10 minutes a day and lock something into my voice versus trying to sing for hours and hours and hours and, you know, hammering your head against the wall trying to make it work so it's very much down to a little science for me now which is wonderful awesome so what do you do in that five minutes like is it a is there a formula yes so i always start by making sure my body is warm singing is a lot more physical than people think it is so if my body is warmed up and i can feel you know my abdominal muscles and my shoulders are relaxed and all of that it's easier to access my whole instrument so I do some stretches and I swing my arms around and I make like crazy siren noises just to make sure everything's moving. And then I just, whatever I'm working on, if it's a new piece, I'll sing through the phrase on the ah vowel a few times until it feels super comfortable. 
and then I'll put the words in and then I'll put the dynamics in. So how loud and how soft I'm supposed to sing it. And then I'll start adding in the nuance of the character and the intention of the words and all of that. So I go through all the steps and by the end of it, I know the whole opera. <laughs> Layered approach. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. So, so cool. This is what I'm really curious about. Um, you also coach creative, um, really driven elite entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs in high performance. How did you marry the two? <laughs> yes. So here's what happened to me because it does seem like the two things are totally unrelated, but they very much are. When I finished graduate school, I was in this place where I could sing kind of well, and I kind of knew a little bit about marketing, but it wasn't at the, uh, the level that I needed it to be at to really be successful. And I had such a huge vision of what I wanted to do with my singing career. It just wasn't working the way that I wanted it to, and I knew something was wrong. So I found a new teacher and I said, okay, none of this is working. And I'm not sure if I'm the problem, if the industry is the problem, like what is going on? And so she very quickly said, well, you're the problem. <laughs> <laughs> problem is yeah. And she taught me how to understand how my voice worked so I could always get it to do what I wanted. That was the first thing, get really good at your craft. And then streamline your whole process. So all those creative ideas that I wanted to do with my business, just put them in order and figure out how I wanted to execute them. And at the same time, I was building all these skills around how to stay really organized and how to network better and how to market myself and all of the business skills that you need to be successful and learning all these tools about how my brain worked. So how to stay focused when I'm feeling scattered or distracted, how to you know, how to get up on stage and how to sing a really powerful high note if I'm like not feeling so well that day, or if there's crazy stuff going on in the news that's bumming me out, how to stay focused no matter what, the same way an athlete would do. So I learned how I function at an optimal level. I got really good at the business stuff and that's when my singing career took off. I had a full calendar. I have a teaching a voice studio of about 40 students. And I said, gosh, I wonder if this is something that other people can use. And somewhere in that process, people started asking me for help to do the same thing. And it was coming for other, from other industries, which was the crazy part. So I would have, you know, a lawyer come to me and say, hey, I'm really having trouble putting all of these things in my schedule together. Can you help me? Mm -hmm. And finally, I sat down and I said, okay, there is something to this. So I did, I studied, I got some certifications and I came up with a system that was all based on how I got to where I was and learned how to teach it to other people. And now here we are. What was like one or two things in your system or in how you structured maximizing your performance? Because yeah, there's days where like, regardless of what you're doing, you're just going to feel a little off. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, never mind, like get sick or whatever or you're traveling and you don't sleep well, like there's so many things that can affect that. So what are some of the things that you do to maximize performance time? So I, okay, there's two things. My two favorite things, um, I'll tell you a story first. So the hardest show that I ever did, I had to do, have you heard of the Red Rocks Amphitheater in Colorado? I have not. Okay. I heard of the Red Rocks, so. Yes. So the amphitheater is this insane, it's this gorgeous venue that's literally built into the side of the mountains. It's beautiful. It seats like 
something crazy like 11,000 people or whatever. It's huge. And all of these famous artists have come through to give shows there. So I was contacted to headline a show for Easter Sunday. And it was a sunrise service on Easter sunrise on Easter Sunday in Colorado, which meant that the call time was three o'clock in the morning mm. and the service started at 5 a.m. And to make that even harder, it was something like 25 degrees outside. So it was ridiculously oh. cold. It was early. I was exhausted. And I had only had maybe two rehearsals with the group. So it was like new music. It was everything, all these crazy odds stacked against me. There's 11,000 people staring at me. It's broadcast on the internet. So it was just nuts. So in situations like that, where it's just really, really hard to do and your nerves are firing on all cylinders, it is so critical that you know how you get in your own way. So for me, it was knowing what was going to keep me up late at night and making sure I did something to counteract that so I got enough sleep. It was knowing what was going to make me nervous so I could come up with the mental exercises to counteract that. So it's just like getting ahead of things so right. that aren't a problem in the first place. And if you're in a situation where you know something is going to be really, really overwhelming, it's having all these little tools in your back pocket that can help you stop the overwhelm from gaining momentum. So you just get ahead of it faster. Get at it before it becomes a problem and you'll be so much better off. So it's really setting yourself up for success with yes. all these little tools and not waiting till you're like 30 seconds before going, ah. Now yeah. I need to get to sleep and <laughs> yes. get up at three o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning or whatever time it was that yes. you have to get up to prepare to be I, there. To be, you know, I don't even remember what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> incredible. I presume it went really well though. It did. It was great. It was a hit. <laughs> And did you go back to sleep after? <laughs> I did. I had another service to do too. That's right. I did because it was Easter. And so I had already booked something before I got this other one. So I sang the 5 a.m. one. And then I went and I got a bunch of coffee. And I did the 9 o'clock service. And then I went home and took a nap. <laughs> and rightfully so. <laughs> yeah. How is that translated into the coaching? Like, mm -hmm. why do coaching as opposed to just doing like training programs or any number of other things. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think it's so valuable to have someone else come in and tell you those areas where you're getting in your own way and help you find those strategies. It's just so much faster to have somebody else walk you through it right? instead of trying to do it yourself forever. <laughs> yeah. And the, you know, it's, it really is magical when I can work with a person and help show them, okay, if you do this instead of this, and if you move this here, and if you change this strategy and flip it around and do it backwards, because say you are a person who is more creative at the beginning of the day than at the end of the day. So just flip your to-do list around and you're going to make more, have more momentum than you would the way you're doing it now. It's just incredible what kind of results people can get when they really start to understand how their own brain works. Right. Right. And I think people need per permission. Like we're so ingrained in that kind of employee mindset. If I have to show up at a certain time and I have to do this stuff at a certain time. Mm -hmm. And when you're growing your business, like one, I don't think any of us actually like take a day off from thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I think we need permission to just work at our best selves. Like, yes. Right. Like just do the thing that works for you. Yes. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> 
Yes, exactly. I love what you said about permission. And it's so true because none of this is one size fits all. And it's easy to feel like it should be. Like, you know what happens when you go online and you Google planner, you get 800 different things and you assume that one of them is right for you. Maybe isn't the case. Like, there's not one way to do it. You know what I mean? No, like, and it's funny you mentioned that because I got, I've bought almost every planner on the planet at this point mm -hmm. and like not stayed with any of them. So I created my own. <laughs> Did you design your own? Because <laughs> I took pieces from other things that I really liked or resonated with me. And that's what I give my clients now is mm -hmm. they have, um, they have a 90 day planner that really helps them get great results. So yeah. yeah. And you know, they change things around too. So it is like, just do you. Just do you. I am here for that. We had talked earlier too about like you showing up to really show up fully in your performance. You have to be vulnerable. Mm. What does that look like for you? Because I know, you know, vulnerability for most people is really scary. They're afraid of being hurt or mm -hmm. taken advantage of or whatever. Yeah, it is. Vulnerability is so difficult to do, but when you get it right, it is so incredibly powerful and the things that you can inspire other in other people when you take the risk of being more vulnerable yourself it's just magical to see so when i'm performing it actually took me a really long time to get here because i was very much a person who was a little bit afraid of my own voice and i was afraid okay. of opening up yeah and so i would it took me so long to be able to sing with my whole body and sing with my whole authentic self. Because when you get on stage, there's this sense of you have to like rip your chest open and show everyone everything. And right. you know, you're risking all this criticism and like you're singing with other people and trying to figure out how to manage that. And it really is challenging. But when you get to a place where you just stop caring so much about what other people think and allow yourself to lead every action with compassion and love and mm -hmm. joy, that's when you can tap into that vulnerability and it becomes much easier to share who you really are because of the place that you are leading it from. And so when I'm singing now, it's much easier to open up and really connect with the energy of the audience. And so I try to do the same thing with my coaching clients too. When I can open up and when I can be so compassionate about wherever space they're coming from when they're trying to master this high performance stuff and also allow them to see my journey and what steps it took me to get there that gives them much more comfort than if i just come in and say no no do it this way i'm a person i make mistakes i'm not perfect and when they see that sometimes the journey zigs and zags and it's okay and you're still all right on the other side of it that's when things really start to pick up for people so it is very much a mindful practice and you have to be very intentional about your vulnerability, but boy, when you get it, it's an amazing feeling. Sharing, opening yourself up and allowing people to see the imperfections mm -hmm. allows people, and again, give them permission to be okay with their own imperfections. Yes. We're all in this together. Mm-hmm. How do you make, um, or do you make decisions based on being vulnerable as you're growing your business? So there's this thing about fear. I have learned about myself that if I get an idea and it feels super scary, but also a little bit exciting, that is the one that's right. 
because that's the one that's going to stretch me and force me to grow into the next version of the person that I'm supposed to be. And so that is the kind of the internal guide that I use to make big decisions in my business. It's like, oh, oh boy, this feels really scary, but also a little fun. That's the perfect place to be. Mm -hmm. You're a little freaked out, but you're also excited at the same time. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good place. And that's where growth really happens. Too. Yeah. Yes. We're just doing what's comfortable and it's the same old, same old. Then meh. How has that, has vulnerability to it affected your leadership style? Mm. I think it makes me a better leader because I, I never thought of myself as a leader. I just sort of always was. I kept finding myself in these positions where, you know, you're in a group or whatever and everybody turns and looks at you <laughs> to make the decision. What? Yeah. Why, why are you looking at me? <laughs> So eventually, you know, I finally started to embrace that and do the same thing and just leading with compassion and being intentional about meeting people where they are and helping guide them towards decisions based on coming from that space of love. And okay, you know, for example, saying, okay, so I see that what you're trying to accomplish is this, but what if we tried to approach it in this way? Do you think you might get a better result? So involving them in the process and sharing stories about myself to help them see the whole world of possibilities for them. Just really being open and loving and compassionate about things mm -hmm. helps people to see their own worth and to see their own value instead of trying to strong arm them into making a decision that they may not be ready for. Ready for. Right, right. That's amazing and beautiful. I'm really curious too, like to me, it, it's obvious, but what are the benefits of hiring an artist as a coach? Mm -hmm. So I think that creativity is so important. It is, and when you have somebody that is coaching you who can tap right into those creative channels, you'll be able to learn how to problem solve so much faster. Creativity is really the other side of productivity, right? It's right. like if you can come up with a creative way to do something that is in alignment with what you love to do and what is fun, man, you're going to open up so many doors for yourself. Right. And there are, there are plenty of coaches who are really wonderful about creating excellent logical plans, but that element of like fun and sparkle is missing. <laughs> Yeah, and think that you've got to have that. Yes, exactly. So when you bring in an artist who sort of sees everything through that creative lens, but also has the analytical, logical side working, it's like the results you can get are pretty spectacular. Yeah, I think one of the things that I say to my clients on a regular basis is I'm like, just go play with it. Yes. They're oh. so focused on like the results, which I want them to focus on. Mm -hmm. And like they they're not looking at like how they can actually connect with somebody or create mm -hmm. something that's going to be meaningful because they just want to get to the other end instead of being in the journey piece and that's where yes. that is yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. i love that in fact one of the pieces of advice i give my clients if they're really stuck on something if they're stuck on a problem i will say go find a child and ask the child how they would solve the problem <laughs> <laughs> great idea. I love that. I mean, because kids are brilliant and like they come up with all kinds of wacky stuff all the time. And right. every now and then they will say something to you so profound and you're just like, oh my gosh, why didn't yeah. I think of that? 
because they haven't learned that you know supposedly it's impossible so they just come up with stuff so yeah exactly I'm gonna use that i'm gonna borrow that from yes. you <laughs> do it do it take it run with it because kids they can fix the whole world if we would let them <laughs> right and we'd be having so much more fun with like finger paints and play-doh <laughs> exactly <laughs> which i do have finger paints at my house i love it <laughs> <laughs> this has been awesome. I believe you have a really cool gift for everybody who's listening too. Yes. So I have, can we talk about my book now? <gasps> oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, oh my gosh, I released a book earlier this summer, which was crazy because I wrote this high performance book that's all about becoming your favorite self and letting go of stuff. And then this pandemic hits. <laughs> And I was like, who launches a book during a pandemic? That seems nuts. But I did it anyway. And right. I have been so pleased with the feedback. And I think that weirdly, the timing was exactly right. People needed something inspirational and motivational and educational at the same time. So well, I have, if you go to my website, ownyourlightbook.com okay. and sign up, you can get the introduction for free. You can get the introduction Check it out, see if you like it. And it also gives you the instructions for how to buy the book if that is something that you wish to do. Awesome. And yes, because where we're still at home a lot, I'm going to go with, you know, we've run through our Netflix binging and reading is something to do. Yes. <laughs> if you're feeling a little bored. What inspired you to write the book? <laughs> Conversations like this, actually. Okay. I have been, I got so many questions about, well, how did you get from singing opera to high performance coaching? What do those two things have to do together? Why should I work with an artist when I'm trying to find my focus? And it was like, well, because I can sing a really good show at 5 a.m. in 20 degree weather. And finally, I just said, let me just put all of this down in a book <laughs> and give everybody the whole story. So that's where the idea came from. That's amazing. And congratulations. And you. I'm so excited that you launched during a pandemic because Thank that's the, like the perfect, I'm just going to do it anyways. And I'm going to make it work attitude and mindset instead of, oh, nobody's going to want it now. Yeah. And you know, it's so funny the way it worked out because when I was writing it, I was searching for the right way to tie my two worlds together. And I just could not let go of the concept of light and light's always been sort of a powerful thing for me. And finally, when I started writing, I was able to sit down and think about why. For me, as an artist, there's a thing that you have to do when you go to a rehearsal. There's a whole rehearsal dedicated to lighting. And you have to stand on the stage and someone will tell you, okay, move over here. And they'll turn the light on and you move your body and you stand in the light. So there's this concept of taking your whole physical being finding where the light shines on you in a way that allows the audience to see you and put yourself in it. Mm -hmm. And it works the same way for photographers, right? You have to find your light when you're trying to take, get your picture taken and put yourself in it. So it shows you the best. And I think that is the same for any industry you have. We all have this like inner light about us and it is up to us to find how to shine it the best. So other people can see us. That's the concept that I used to tie the book together. And now we're all in this pandemic where things feel a little bit dim, like, right. It feels there's this heavy, yeah. yeah, heavy, right. Heavy. And there's this uncertainty and it's very scary. And I know a lot of people who are feeling like 
it's getting harder and harder to really let themselves shine a little bit and go after what they were trying to go after six, eight months ago. So weirdly, the timing for the book was actually very good. Yeah. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Share Thank with everybody. You. <laughs> yeah, this has been like so much fun. I feel like I could talk to you for yeah. forever, but I know uh, I love this. <laughs> right? Right. We're gonna have to do it again. Share with everybody, you know, how they can connect with you or the best places to reach you. And we're gonna get all of that and the link to your book in the show notes too. But yeah. So if you've, you know, if you've been listening to this and you're going, gosh, I could really use some help, go to my website, stephanieandballconsulting.com. There's a contact form. You can reach out to me there. You can also find me on Facebook, Stephanie and Ball Consulting. And if you're interested in the singing part, my other website is stephanieandball.com. If you are looking for some high notes to brighten your day, plenty of those there. And then the book is at ownyourlightbook.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. This has been a blast. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. So cool. I love your story too. Like you really are like just full of light. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Everybody, we will see you next week with another exciting episode of the Tribe of Leaders. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Tribe of Leaders podcast. I am so grateful for each and every episode that you tune in and listen to. And I hope that you get a ton of value that you can implement starting today. And I do have just a quick favor. If you wouldn't mind hopping on to wherever it is that you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review, it would help us tremendously so that the Tribe of Leaders podcast can be found more easily and help inspire other entrepreneurial leaders. 